0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Garage Talk as always. I'm Conrad. Let's go. From Ted. It's time to rock and roll. Special hey. guest today. Oh, yeah, Ted. Today we have Oak Hill's track coach, track and field coach, Paige Brunner. And you're also a phys ed teacher, right?
1: Teach phys ed and health, yes. Also coach boys and girls cross country. Mm-hmm. So, um, dip my toes in a little bit of all the water out there at Oak Hill.
0: That's awesome, man. You sound
1: busy. Yeah. Coach basketball for 15 years, too. So, Once the kids got old enough, I had to give that up. I had a great time doing that with Coach Kevin Renbarger. But, yeah, this is my 19th year coaching cross-country and track out at Oak Hill. That's awesome. 19 years? 19 years. It doesn't seem like that. Um, Fly by. flies by, and, you know, you still see those kids. That I think that's one of the things I love about coaching is those kids that I I coached for two years at Bloomington North before I came to Oak Hill. And you kind of have those kids, like, in a little – you know, a little time of their lives where it's that high school teenage version of them, and no matter how old they get, mm-hmm. those first kids I coached are pushing 40 now. And, you know, they still, they're still the 18-year-old to me, right? Yeah.
2: Just doing adult things, so. Yeah. That's, well, you know, it's, I've got a 40-year-old <laughs> son. I still call him a kid. Right. <laughs> He'll always be a kid. That's the way it is, yep. right? Yeah. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
0: I mean, yeah. I know you touched on it. Tell us about sure. your family. Uh, you know, I live in Marion,
1: Indiana with my wife, Iris, um, a name. She's Iris, maiden name was Iris Bishop. Um, she grew up in Marion as well. We went to Marion High School. We've got two children. Uh, my daughter, Quinn, is an eighth grader at Oak Hill. My son, Leo, is a fourth grader, um, both into a lot of different things. In terms of Quinn does swimming and running, and, and Leo's all YouTube and video games like all boys <laughs> right now, right? Um, so both of us are Indiana graduates, uh, both of us Marion graduates. Like I said, born and raised here. My dad Jim Brunner, a lot of people know through being on the radio. Uh, my mom Dory, is from Marion; uh, she taught at Marion High School for a long time, uh, had her own art business. Um, he's from Fort Wayne. She's originally from Ohio before they moved over here. Uh, both sides of the family very athletic dad being a radio personality covering sports I got dragged in a good way to everything you could mm-hmm. imagine from high school to college the pro sporting events as a kid and my uncles were all college athletes and my dad's side of the family up in Fort Wayne had a ton of college athletes especially on the division one side and all kinds of different sports so just grew up in a family where sports were kind of the priority or the focus or it's what you did and and Mm -hmm. I kind of grew up during the the golden days of the Marion Giants for basketball and football and baseball and all those sports and so I grew up doing everything I think I dabbled in every sport you could other than uh tennis or I'm sorry other than wrestling I did do tennis other than wrestling and swimming at one point I stayed pretty far away from those but um You know, I was one of those people that was destined to play the big three sports in high school, football or soccer, basketball and baseball. And just kind of out of dumb luck, uh, one of my dad's buddies started coaching cross country at Justice Middle School and he needed numbers. So my dad actually paid me to go run um, and really didn't try real hard, but had success. And when it came time to being a high schooler, to me, the coolest thing in the world was a Marion Giant letter jacket and I wanted that thing worse than anything, and I kind of had to make the hard decision that I was going to get there a lot quicker running and playing basketball than I was going to, um, you know, playing football at the time as a, you know, 6'3", 140-pound kid. So um, had success in high school, had an opportunity with a scholarship to compete at Division One level at Auburn University, had a great experience with that, got my butt kicked, probably should have gone to a lower level, hmm. but at the time I – my grandfather was like, "Hey, if you got an opportunity to go big, you got to go big. You can always come back down." Um, and having grown up in a family where you know high end sports was kind of what you focused on, it was awesome to go down there for SEC football games. And the basketball team was I'm good sure. when I was there. So, uh, like I said, I, I didn't train hard enough, didn't take care of my body the way you should at that level, and um, you know, ended up having to transfer. I Was going to transfer to Butler, but the guy I was going to run for at Butler got sick. Had to uh, resign from Butler. And so I, IU kind of became the choice. And I just wanted to be a college kid and do college kid things. And running wasn't in the cards anymore. So <laughs> you're smirking when you That's say it. Right. I always <laughs> wonder yeah, what it is. I, I figured out that too much time away, it's kind of too tough to get back into it. So I, you know, lived with the, my best friend and college roommate at IU, was Jared Odell from Oak Hill, who played for the Hoosiers. And so I got to kind of tag along with the basketball team for a couple of years and get to be a part of all the stuff that they got to do through the final four run and everything. And at some point just kind of missed running. Um, Went out and did it one beautiful day that, you know, you have in Bloomington this spring, but my body just was no longer letting me do those things. And I thought, you know what? Coaching allows me to kind of get at a higher level. And there's two amazing high school programs. You know, I had an amazing high school coach in Terry Lakes at Marion growing up. And I reached out to him. And there's two great programs in Bloomington and North and South. Larry Williams at South and Charlie Worthen at North, both Hall of Fame guys. And, they both reached back out to me, but Charlie was the one I went with at North and he let me tag along for two years. I was his shadow and got to coach state champions and teams that won semi states and plot, you know, to be honest with you probably planned on staying in Bloomington Mm -hmm. forever. Uh, you know, I think that was the place that my wife Iris and I were content with, but I was also coaching basketball at at a junior high at the time. And you know, the way things worked, all three positions opened up at Oak Hill at the same time. And you kind of make that move thinking, okay, this is a little starter piece. I'll go coach cross country and track and basketball to Oak Hill for a couple of years. And here we are 19 years later. So, um, <laughs> you, you loved know, it. Didn't love, you? love it. Love every second of it, you know, have gotten more involved with the association and all kinds of things over the years. But like you said, it, there's times where it seems like it's year one and there's times where I feel like, man, I've been doing this a really long time.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, you know, going back to high school, you know, you were a three time state qualifier. Correct. yes and yes track infield and cross country both. yes
1: and both and uh we're fortunate we brought the four byte relay along which helped me get down there and and i we had some success at that level but i think for us at that time you know now looking back on it i cut a lot of corners in high school and i kind of got by on talent and my physical size and those types of things And i try to tell kids that now and i think you know kids just look at you like oh you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, but yeah those were great experiences and, and from high school you know, that's kind of what I tried to bring to Oak Hill that might have been the first hurdle I had to clear was, you know, in high school, the expectation was you went to state every year. And then when I was at Bloomington North, it was not only do you go to state, but you're competing for a state really? championship every year. And so when I came to Oak Hill, even though in a one class system in a small school at the time we had, you know, we were below 500 kids when I got to Oak Hill you knew that necessarily wasn't in the cards but that was what i was used to and so it kind of became that thing where i was like look like it's got to be more than just the grant 4 every year mm-hmm. and and that was kind of the push was we're going to get in a position where the grant 4 is way down here and the conference is a step up but the HSA tournament is where we're we're going to you know make our name and do those things and i was really lucky you know, I, part, of me, part of me as a coach is definitely well aware that your athletes make you who you are. And I have been amazingly lucky to have some of the kids I've had come through Oak Hill and some of the families. And we struck gold early. And once you get that rolling, man, it's easier to keep kids going. And that's kind of been, you know, our success there for, throughout the years.
0: So he's kind of taken the momentum. Sure. And no pun intended, ran with it. Ran with it, yeah. That's... I mean, Mike
1: McDivitt was there before me. Oak Hill's always had a great program. Um, and had really good programs in the eighties and nineties. It kind of fallen off a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, success breeds interest. True, and, true. and, um, you know, I think you guys can see that right now with, with Mississinawa's track program, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're yeah. Coach Ian's doing an amazing job that staff's doing awesome things. And every year they're getting more and more kids out, you know, even just, even just to Hayden Nelson, just his success. Mm-hmm. And the guys that are on the four by team with him. um, you know, other kids see that and want to be a part of that, and and we had that, and that's kind of what got things rolling for us, and that's what's making teams like that really scary right now too. Is that there's interest there? Mm-hmm. I've
0: noticed that like coaches with high motors, they're they're really you know they attract kids too, and I can tell like Ian, he's got a high motor. I yep. can tell you got a high <laughs> motor, but I mean sure, w- track is like so. I, I'm, I don't want to say under the radar because me and Ted are big proponents of kids should go out and try everything before they sure. make a decision. Now, you know, parents are, they're specializing in sports it, I don't think there's anything like that for track and field, is there? I mean, there there's clubs that you can get involved with, yeah.
1: um, like anything else in this day and age. Or there's some travel teams. There's clubs. There's you know the kind of the AAU circuit, if you mm-hmm. will. Even believe it or not, for track and cross country. And I did some of that stuff growing up. I, I think the bigger thing that's that's in the way of a lot of those things really taking off is there's usually a pretty big gap in between your seasons. So. For example, I remember running cross country growing up, and then the AAU portion of the season would be a month and a half later well i 'd be right in the middle of basketball i hadn 't ran anymore you know It would be nice to go to a national meet in San antonio, but i 'd go down there and just get absolutely trounced right so I think you 've got a few you know we 've had a few specialty kids you know Sammy Summers came through our program, and track was his thing right like he he knew mom and dad knew from a year very young age this kid is going to be a high end athlete on the track. And so he did a lot of AAU meets and a lot of USATF. Uh, You know, Molly Gamble did that for us. So there are opportunities out there. I think it's as tough because I fall on the side of the fence when it comes to track that I'm always worried about hurting those kids at a younger age. You know, I think my my own daughter right now, I mean, she keeps growing and growing, getting taller and taller and taller, and she's just – she's not there yet when it comes to her – you know, she hasn't physically matured. And so Mm -hmm. for me, when it comes to jumps, sprints – running long distance, I feel like you don't really see those big gains until they have become young adults. And I think yeah. sometimes at the club level in a sport like that, to me, it's almost it's very similar to the conversation or going down the path of how much do you have kids at a very young age lift weights? Right. Like, I don't know. Like, I could have easily had my daughter go out and pound mileage. And to help her be better, but I just know she would have got hurt. She would have been miserable. She would have hated it. And by the time she got to high school, she would have wanted no part of it. So I think that's the big piece is trying to trying to do that. But yeah, there are there are options out there. There's more
0: options, but um, you got to look hard to find them. Unfortunately, coaching track kind of baffled me, Ted, because I I, to me it was like run fast. Monitor your breathing, right. find a pace, but I think there's more science behind it. Sure. Like, you got how to learn how to find your stride. Right. There's. I mean, I, yeah, we have kids on our team that we're
1: just trying to get them to run from point A to point B as fast as they possibly can and keep their lunch in their stomach and, <laughs> you know, just kind of do their <laughs> yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Once you get to a level, you know, we always tell kids, you made the mistake of showing us something. Uh, we had a young girl the other night on Friday, and we had a meet, we were at a meet at Taylor, and, and she dropped a really solid 400. And you're kind of looking at her going, you, you messed up, because now we know where you fit. Now we know what event is yours. This is where you're going to be successful. And I think I think the thing we try to do with our track program is get those kids to trust us. To, we tell them, look, we've got a handful of kids that track as their thing, a very small handful. We got 95 kids out, I think, for track this year. Hey majority of those kids are not out there for track right they're out there for social aspects they're out there because they want to have an opportunity maybe to get another patch for their jacket they're out there because it makes them better for soccer or football or Mm -hmm. basketball and i think i've had to be open up to that and be like yes yeah i know you're a soccer player but let's come do this to kind of connect the dots for the fall um And we've kind of had to go along that way of, you know, we're not going to waste your time. I think it's the big angle we've taken is come out here. You know, we just had a senior football player come out. He'd never done track. He came out and said, hey, are you good if I come out for one day and just kind of see what the throws are like? And we said, yeah, like we'll watch you. And if it's bad, we'll say, hey, nice knowing you. Go do something else. Um, And so I think that's the avenue we've taken is we've got to say, hey, let's find something for you. And then once we find that area, then we start breaking it down more into, you know, here's how you need to worry about. Here's how we work on your breathing. And here's how we worry on your gait, your stride or your arms. You know, arms for so many kids and hip flexors are really weak. Uh, Kids just aren't very mobile anymore. You know, I started noticing. So that's that's a big piece.
0: Yeah, I started noticing. uh, I don't know. It's a couple years ago. A lot more kids running without moving their arms, yes. And and, uh, it it made me think, you know, how what's going on in the gym, in the gym class in elementary school? Because that that to me, which I'm in my head, I'm 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 a coach, you know, with my kids and stuff, and I probably shouldn't, right? (laughs) But I've always you know said. In your nose, out your mouth when you're running. Right. Uh Long distances. Sure. And, uh, you know, watch how you swing your arms and right. get comfortable. Right. Probably totally wrong. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. But I, I just started noticing all these little kids running like they're a jet. Right. Like they're yeah. ready to take off. I think that's the Fortnite run. Though. Yeah. Is that's that what it my is? Son call it. I'm not real sure. but It, it like, must be.
1: Right. I think sometimes, I mean, I... And this is not directed towards you. I literally just heard this in a clinic and it made me laugh because it had been a few years that I'd heard it. But I uh-huh. think sometimes it's that, it's that kiss mentality of keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, you can direct got, that I've towards got, me, know, <laughs> but I got your, I mean, it's funny you say that about the breathing. Cause I do think, I think at a higher level, there's kids that you can break that down with, but I think at the high school level and junior high level, I, there's more times than not that I just tell a kid, Hey, quit worrying about the breathing. Like just breathe. Right. I, I especially on the female side, I think I've always had some girl runners that at least comes across to me that there's a worry there on how they sound, right? They don't want to come by a group of people and be making a lot of noise and be gasping for, you, you know, boys don't care, right? They're going to come mm-hmm. by and probably spit into the crowd and <laughs> act like idiots. Yeah. But I, I, sometimes I got to look at those girls and say, hey, like, it's okay. Like, you're running three miles really, really hard, or you're running a 400 or as hard as you can. Like, this is not meant to feel good. And I think – you know, kind of what you touched on. You know, that's the big obstacle we clear a lot of times with those kids. Is even the kids who are good, it's it doesn't feel good, right? They're just able to push through a little bit better, or you know, for lack of, or to, to make it simpler, they're just getting through it more. But yeah, the arms. You know, I don't know if they're not playing tag anymore in the in the playground and recess, but a lot of kids that aren't moving their arms or driving at all, so you got to work on that a lot and try to get them to understand that. I think they all think the faster I move my feet and the quicker and shorter steps I take the faster I go and trying to get them to understand no like we got to cover ground you've got to fly almost and your arms are helping you do that so you know my college coach you couldn't say this now but you know in the late 90s early 2000s you know he always used to say your hand if you're a guy your hand should come back far enough when you're really getting after it that you could block somebody from stealing your wallet hmm. right and he he'd say that a girl athletes you need to reach back far enough that someone's trying to you know Grab your butt. You can slap their hand away. Like you know, you got to get get your hands away from the front of your face, and get them down. And so yeah, there's a technique element there to it. But like I said, some kids, you know, it's just trying to get them out and getting them to point A to point B. And then once we once there's a break in the ice or the armor there a little bit in terms of where they can be successful, then I think you try to fine tune it a little bit more. Yeah.
2: Now that's uh, you've also. Coast of the Indiana Cross Country All Star Team, correct? Yes. Is that. Are you selected to do that, or so
1: you have? We have the uh, Indiana Track and Cross Country Coaches Association, the IATCCC. That's always fun to say. Um, a, a mouthful. Isn't it? It's a mouthful. <laughs> so, tongue twister. Tongue twister. I was a part of it in terms of going to clinics and stuff early in my career, but basketball really took those opportunities away from me um, in a good way. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, it was just one of those things I couldn't get to a whole lot. And my coach, Terry Lakes had always, you know, kind of been on me like, Hey, you need to get a part of this. You need to do these things. You're, you're doing great stuff at Oak Hill, but you know, the state could use you in this bigger. So once I gave up basketball, that kind of became my next Avenue was okay. How can I get more involved? Um, just again, out of dumb luck, it's amazing how things happen. They have a Indiana cross country team. The all-star team is the top 12 seniors in the state of Indiana at the state meet every year. And they go over a couple of weeks after the state meet, and they run against the top seniors from Ohio, Michigan, and Illinois. Some years, Kentucky and Pennsylvania is there. I think West Virginia has come over before. And I've had athletes in it. It's a great event. It's so one of those you get things. to
0: see some really good.
1: Yeah, we've, we get to meet and be around some amazing kids. And I think that's one of the reasons. And, again, nothing against our kids. But I think the, the intrigue there was if you can get involved with that, even on a year where maybe your team's down, you always kind of get to be around that. Mm -hmm. that division one next tier kind of kid. Um, And right around the time I was interested in helping more, they had an opening on the staff. I was an assistant coach for a year. The guy was stepping down and I kind of was the most involved or most anxious party involved at the time. And and they kind of said, Hey, we feel like you could do a good job with this. And so, yeah, they named me the head coach, which was, you know, for me, there's, we, there's so many things we do at Oak Hill that I don't want to use the small school tag, but it was an honor for me just because right. all the coaches of the Indiana All-Star team over the years have been from your bigger schools. So to be a small school rep was awesome. Uh, there's only a handful of people that have done it, and at least to me, it's the, it's the who's who of college or of right. high school co- coaching for cross country. And so for them to put me in that position, uh, I think this was the fifth year I've been part of the program, fourth as the head coach. It's a lot of work at the end of the season to get these kids recruited because not all of them say yes. Right. Um, cause there are other meets now, you know, this year we had the kid from Carmel who's, you know, just ran the fastest two mile in the history of the state of Indiana. You know, he's got other things to go do. I get right. that. Like he's right. going to go be a national champ, but you still end up getting kids that are top 20, top 25, you know, Brendan Butchie ran in that meet his senior yeah. year and won it. Uh, I've had some athletes run in it and, and this, once you get them over there, it's kind of one of those deals where they've spent four years, competing really hard against each other, and it's fun to see them kind of interact, even in the day of social media. Like, it's the first time some of them have really been like, yeah, I've run against you 50 times, right? And and it's also fun then to watch them and track. We spend a weekend with them over in Ohio, uh, get them a lot of cool gear, take them out to eat, you know, run together. They've got a great banquet after the event where all the kids get a real nice medal. We won it a couple years ago. Um, when I was fortunate to have Molly Gamble on my, on the team, one of my own athletes this year, Ty Garrett from center Grove won it from the boys. Um, we haven't won the team, like I said, since 2019, since the girls won it, but, um, we, you know, we've got to do a better job. I spend time during the summer reaching out and recruiting kids, but it's a great experience. They do one in track as well. And those guys do a great job and I've got a great staff of three or four coaches that help me. And, it's something to look forward to. And like you said, you're around kids that, I mean, it's, you know, you ask them, where are you going? And it's, I'm going to Louisville, I'm going to Florida State, I'm going to Notre Dame. There's always a kid. It's like, you know, I'm going to, you know, West Point and you're like, man, like that's a crazy choice. And Mm -hmm. you get to talk to these kids and kind of see their similarities. And then there's always kids that you're like, man, you're a loose cannon. I can't believe you're this good. Right. So, um, you know, for me, Two, it helps because there's times where I think, man, my kids are the only kids in the world that are squirreling around and doing stupid stuff. But even those kids at that level, right. you take them out to eat in an Olive Garden. You've got to watch them because you're thinking, <laughs> man, even these guys are doing stupid stuff. So it <laughs> makes you feel a little bit better, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Now, let's jump back to basketball real quick. Okay. As you said, you know, Jared Odo was a good friend of yours. Yes, sir. you got to watch him play down there at yep. IU. So they played in the championship game his senior year. Is that right? They did against Maryland. Yep. Mike, Mike Davis was a coach. Mike Davis, yes, sir. And now Mike Davis's son was three points away from breaking the all-time NCAA that's crazy. scoring
1: record because he was a baby when I was down there. Really?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's cool.
2: Yeah, but, he used to call him Baby
1: Antoine. That's what the guys <laughs> on the team called him because Coach Davis, I think, would bring him to practices, and so they'd always make jokes about Baby Antoine. But yeah, now he's had an amazing college career. Yeah, that's.
2: I just wanted to bring it up. We were talking about basketball, and I thought of that. And it's, yeah. But.
1: yeah, it was a good time. We had a great time down there, and, and um, I was fortunate enough to uh, my senior year when I didn't play basketball at Marion, I got a job at the Chronicle, and when I transferred to IU, uh, they still had the press pass from back when Jay and Linden played at IU, and they yeah. just weren't using it. And I transferred in too late to get season tickets, and I said, hey, can I use that press pass? And they made the mistake of sending it to me one time. And after <laughs> that, I didn't answer my phone calls when they called. And so I sat from me to you courtside at every IU game oh, for man. three or four years. It was amazing. The final four Big Ten tournaments. And so uh, it was amazing to be down there, crazy to be down there during the Coach Night, Coach Davis switch uh-huh. and kind of see all those things and see some of the specials about it and kind of know what was really going on. But right. what it gets put in documentaries that you're like, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't remember it happening like that. But <laughs> Um, it was a great time, and, yeah, Jared and I were, you know, we're not, we are not—we don't get to spend as much time around each other as we used to, but, you know, we were both best man in both each other's weddings, and wow. it was a great time down at IU for sure, so.
0: Talk it's, about some good luck right there. Yeah.
2: yeah. And that's, uh, you like to remember back that when they were in high school, you know, it was, sure. it was always, you had the bigger ivory. Yep. Jared Odo and Kyle Runyon from Kyle Madison Kyle
1: Yep. Kyle used to come down and stay at our place a lot when they're in yeah, they, those guys were those guys were darn near unstoppable uh-huh. when we were in high school. So and I was we didn't we didn't necessarily play O'Kill at that point, but we played Madison Grant. Madison Grant absolutely, you know, wiped the floor with us in the arena in the sectional of my sophomore year and, and Kyle Runyon was the man, uh-huh. right? That team I tell kids all the time that Madison Grant team probably won a, would have won a couple two A state championships. Mm-hmm. But he had a great career at Evansville we you know we just spent some time with him a couple of years ago when we made it to state in basketball because he's in the southern part of Indiana so he coaches against and knows the teams that we were playing and he was a great help to to Kevin and the rest of our staff and kind of get
2: information on some of those teams so that's crazy yeah that's crazy now how about okay with your coaching career over at Oak Hill? how many assistants do you have for cross country or do you
1: I have one assistant. I have a paid assistant in cross country and two paid assistants in track. Okay. Um, we've had, I mean, I've had really good luck there. Again, we've, I've kind of gone down the path. We've kind of had a revolving door for a few years. Um, you know, had a guy that taught at Oak, at Oak Hill, uh, Andy Meadows, who's now at Eastbrook who was uh, my assistant in cross country for a long time, did a great job for me. Uh, Dave Durkus was my assistant in track. Uh, Latrice Moffett, whose mm-hmm. daughter, Janae and Michael jumped for me. Janae was a state champion. Michael was a state runner up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen Summers has helped me. And then kind of, as they kind of got through the system, we started kind of having these alumni start to get old enough that they could come back. And so my, my two assistants right now in cross country are both former athletes of mine. Nino Bellinati, who's coached at the college level as well, has a school record at Indiana Wesley and ran at Purdue. Daniel Thompson, um, who was an amazing sprinter and athlete for us kind of did everything. And then we've got Ireland Dodson back on board. Terry McDowell uh, is an Oak Hill graduate. Terry's one of my assistants now in track. So we've got a great staff and I've kind of always gone down that path. If you need to hire people that know what they're doing mm-hmm. And while I like to have control of everything, there's a reason I hired you and you do your thing. So, you know, when it comes to throws, for example, Dave and Terry, it's like, I, I know enough to be dangerous in throws. I also know enough to screw a kid up. So, you know, I've got to recognize that, hey, I'm paying you for a reason. Right. The school's paying you for a reason. So the throwers, they're yours. We'll communicate on what we need to do. And if there's a problem, we'll handle it. But I, I like to make sure my assistants feel like they are part of it right. and that they are part of the process and they're having a hand in our success.
2: And I hope they feel that way. Well, you would have to. I mean, sure. You got to have a level of trust there, right? Right. I think
1: that comes with also help. help it helps to have alumni in those positions right. because they mm-hmm. they understand my terminology. They can walk yeah. in a room and tell when okay, this is gonna be one of the days that Coach Brunner is wound a little tight. You know, they know Picture Day is not a good day, so let's <laughs> picture, you know <laughs> let's stay away from Coach <laughs> Brunner on Picture Day. Uh, You know, I just had Nino Belanotti spent most of his life around me since high school. And the other day he made a comment that you're a different human being on picture day. So, I mean, (laughs) it's good to have those people around that can look at the kids and be an extension, and they know what the expectations Mm -hmm. are, and and you don't have to kind of resell the program to people.
2: What's your numbers look like in the junior high level?
1: Junior high is pretty good. Uh, Not as good in cross country as we'd like, uh, but it's still a very competitive group. You know, we're probably talking 30 or 40 kids out in the junior Mm -hmm. high Uh, We just had a junior high track call-out meeting the other day, and now I'm smart enough to know about 20 of those kids came to the meeting so they could get out of class. (laughs) Uh, But it was, I think my assistant said 108 kids showed up. Wow! So it's like the high school. It's a great problem to have. We love having the numbers because you can find the spots to fill, and we look Mm -hmm. amazing getting off two or three buses. Right. But there's also an element at times where it is a little bit of a headache And you kind of look forward to those times of the season where, you know, for us in track, once we kind of get towards May, that roster gets cut down to, you know, let's say 45 kids on each side to 15 to 20. And those are your heavy hitters. And that's kind of who you, your varsity, if you will. So uh, we love giving them an opportunity. You know, we've always said it's nice to have, you know, a, a quarter or a fifth of the school wearing a track uniform Um, you know, I just went to senior night for boys basketball and I think every boy senior, it's got a huge class. All but one came out and when they're talking about their stuff, they're also a track and field athlete. So awesome, which we know we got to do at a smaller school. Kids have got to be doing multiple things at any Grant County school to help them succeed. But, um, you know, we are blessed to have a great group of kids out. And like I said, family support and the parents are a big part of that as well.
0: From year one to now, how much has your coaching style evolved I think a
1: lot. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing there is, you know, I think early on you're so worried about whether you actually have a clue as to what it is you're doing, right? Like you're just trying to figure it out, and you're like, okay, am I? Am Sounds I, like my everyday life. Right. Am I, yeah. Yeah. am I a betterment for these kids, or am I just kind of getting in the way, right? Yeah. And I see a lot of young coaches who I think from the outside looking in are doing an amazing job that don't last very long. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times it is you just don't have talent right? Especially in a sport like basketball or football, you know, me being around basketball, a long time cross country, there's some coaches that have come and gone from other county schools. I'm thinking, man, they're doing a great job. And people just don't understand it or realize it because they're not winning, right? We had the good fortune of winning right away, which kind of gets you going. And I think the biggest thing is you kind of got to get, I think when that happens early on, you kind of get stuck in your ways like, okay, this worked right away. Um, But I think you got to be able to adjust and adapt. We have changed our program a lot because we're we've added a lot more mileage over the years i am still very careful with our kids and i don't i'm not here to say that any coach would ever not be careful with their kids or try to get them hurt but there's a lot of programs that do a lot more mileage and training than we do but as a smaller school i'm always worried about hurting them because if we lose one or two kids there goes our season right a little bit of load maintenance yeah so we've got yeah the load maintenance has to be on point for us and so that's kind of gone up over the years um but, you know, I also say I've lost patience over the years, too. So, um, because <laughs> yeah. there's an element there where you've done so many things right and so many people have had success that you want to look at these kids and be like, hey, you just got to do what so-and-so did, and it's going to work. But, again, they're teenagers. They've got different priorities, and yeah. it's tough sometimes. I think there's a, there's a point every season where, as a coach, you have to say, okay, I have to find a way that I've got to disconnect here where I can't want it more than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's do you tough. you find yourself – Oh, and all the physical, time, all yeah. the time. You got kids that you're sitting there thinking, "Man, you have a golden ticket, and you are and don't even know until, don't even know it. You're ripping till they're thirty, it and right?
0: They're like I should have listened.
1: You're ripping it up and giving it to somebody else, or or there's kids around them that can see that. Um, you know, I think early on, I had kids that held each other accountable a lot better, maybe than they do in this day and age, where it was like, "Hey, man, like get your crap together, right? Like mm-hmm. you've got an amazing opportunity here and that." We don't have that as much now as we once did. But, yeah, I think there's times where you're like, okay, we've got to find a way to redirect, like I said, priorities, um, you know, what, what's important to those athletes and how can we make it more beneficial or more enjoyable for them. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, it's about them. It's them having fun, having a good experience. And I tell them this all the time, you know, whether they're coming out, they're having success, they're quitting, you know, I'm coming back next year, right? Like I get a whole new, I get a whole new four years next year with a new freshman class. Mm-hmm. You get four years with us and then you're done and you never get to put on that helmet or that uniform or those spikes or cleats again. And so you try to get them to understand that this this has got to be about you and giving you the best opportunities possible. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's hard
0: for them to kind of understand or process, I think. I used to uh, be real adamant about explaining myself Uh, to the younger generation because I would always Savannah would, which I never really had any trouble with my oldest daughter or my youngest about it. But I would always say these grades aren't for me, right? These grades are for you. Yeah. You know, these are going to, you know, help you out after your days of going to school. Absolutely. Long gone. It's, you're not right. When you're out of my house, these are going to, these are going to have a value, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's my duty to give you as much knowledge before I send you out into this cruel, cruel world, right?
1: To get them prepared and yeah. to have those opportunities, because like you said, I think you touched on it just before I answered the last question. Is you, I there? There's a fine line of I love to hear kids come back and talk about how much they miss running or how much now they realize how much they appreciated it. Yeah. I can remember early on one of the athletes that I had the hardest time getting motivated to do anything, and he could have been so much better, but he still had a great career for us. Um, you know, I caught him one time. I came in the gym, and he had younger kids doing a youth sport, and he was out in the in our, in our trophy hall of fame, and he was showing the team pictures of the teams he was on to his kids and, like, pointing them out to his wife. And, like, you know, having that moment where he was like, man, like, it was awesome to hear him admit that I didn't take this as serious as I could and I messed up, but it's also painful to hear that because you're like, yeah, like, I'm trying to get mm-hmm. you to understand that in the moment, and you're just not yes. – as unfortunately, as coaches, you see it on senior night. You see it whenever the season ends. You see that pain and that release. I've been in that basketball locker room enough to know that what that looks like when the season all of a sudden is over with, and it kind of hits them. And you're just trying to get them prepared for that. I think the whole time.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's once in a blue moon you stumble upon a really intense, focused kid. Right. That is you know, their eyes on the prize. Right. And I think, I, I, you know, I can't
1: say this for everybody, but I think the more I've coached, the more I've – I can connect the dots on the kids that we have had come through Oak Hill that have been your potential state champions or your state medalists multiple times in a one-class sport, have gotten Division One offers. Yeah. Those kids, like you said, are hyper-focused – um, they don't miss practices. They're not sick. Mm-hmm. You know, they're eating well. They're, they're, they, I say it a lot. I feel like recently they allow you to coach them. I tell kids all the time, I'm paid to coach you. Like I don't have a problem babysitting you and, and doing other things, but you know I know what think that means? there's a, there's a, there's a tough aspect
0: there. Yes. Kids that are coachable are going to turn into good employees. Sure. That's good a great em- sign. You know. I've seen that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause that's what you are doing right now. Sure. I mean, you're, coaching track but you're also trying to prepare them right
1: yeah not all of them are
2: going to be track athletes in college by all means right yeah you're coaching life right life lessons
1: communicate and come Mm -hmm. tell a coach you know my favorite is when your their friend comes to practice and says hey so and so is not going to be here and i'm like Mm -hmm. dude you have access to a cell phone now you have access to email now you know where my classroom is like it's not hard to come by and say hey i got to go to work coach i can't make it happen don't send your friend over to do that but because you and I both know that's not going to work five years from now when right. they're working somewhere mm-hmm. you can't send your buddy in to tell them you're sick and keeping it at <laughs> the house up. yeah <laughs> to,
0: to break up with their job yeah, absolutely yeah.
2: yeah like you mentioned about kids going to college you know but you know my record still so you you've had 48 athletes signed to compete collegiately sure and that's that you know we talked about it a little before we start you know it's these kids it doesn't have to be d1 Right. I mean, go somewhere and get an education. You get an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that to kind of go back a couple of questions and I probably should have thought that that's
1: another area where I've really changed is I think early on. And I, and again, it goes back to me making my own mistakes. Like yeah. I should have gone to a Butler. I should have gone to, you know, at the time, unfortunately, Indian Westland and the tailors of the world aren't what they are right now in right. cross country mm-hmm. and track. Um, but Auburn was a reach for me. It was a great reach and a great experience. And I think when I first started coaching, coming from Bloomington North, where, yeah, all of our kids at Bloomington North were going to Purdue, or they were going to IU and, and these bigger schools, that first couple of years I coached, I think it was, yeah, like, you got to go to Purdue, and you've got to go to Ball State, mm-hmm. and you got to go to Tennessee and Ohio State. And then these kids were coming back, just like I did. And I think, ultimately, at some point, you kind of realize that, okay, if you can get your education paid for at any level, we need to do it. And I think the hard sell of that is getting kids to understand that there's opportunities out there in cross country and track that they don't right, get right that they don't. I don't think they understand a how good cross country and track is in the grant County area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then B the, the opportunities that are out there, especially at a division two or NAIA level. Mm-hmm. And I think once we figured that out, we've opened the floodgates for our kids to get a lot of opportunities at those schools. Um, and a lot of them have an amazing ceiling because I think people obviously respect and value our programs. But I've got a young man right now who has been a soccer, basketball standout for four years. He's always done track, but he probably spends, what, a month and a half of the year doing track. Mm-hmm. His best opportunity to be a college athlete right now is track. knocking it for track. And mm-hmm. he's going to go sign somewhere here in a couple of weeks and get that opportunity. And you're looking at those coaches saying, look, this kid has spent a total of maybe – you know, four or five months his entire life doing track and you're getting him for a steal, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, especially on the girls side, we've really had a lot of success with the girls side getting, especially on the cross country element, but it's great to get those kids opportunities. And you try to get them to understand that whether it's one year or four and just go do it. Right. I think trying to get them to understand it. I think sometimes they feel pressure from us. I've got to go do this for four or five years. And it's like, And we're proud of you regardless. Like you said, this is setting you up. You're not going to be a professional. truck. We've had one kid come through our program, two, because Michael got better in college than he was for us. But the Moffats were the two kids that we came through that you could legitimately have a conversation with. Okay, after college, you may be able to do this professionally and make some money. Mm -hmm. Everybody else, it was, you know, how do we get school paid for? Taj Johnson, when he came through, it was Taj. How do we get your four years of school paid for so you can go get a degree somewhere? And now mm-hmm. he's at Indiana State. He's won multiple conference championships. He's been all conference. You know, he's going to be one of their best sprinters ever. And he's going to come out with hopefully no debt and an education mm-hmm. and, and have a direction. So, um, you know, trying to get him to understand that. Right. That, yeah. That's the bigger piece of the yeah. puzzle. Or at least get into college and realizing I don't want to be an athlete anymore. I just want to be a kid. Uh, right. As you touched on before, we talked with your daughter and just growing up and, and playing so many sports and travel teams and everything else. Some of these kids, by the time they get there, it's just like, hey, man, like I'm ready to just exhale, right? We've had I've had plenty of athletes come through. They're like, Coach, I could go compete somewhere, but I'm ready to just go live in an apartment and take classes and get my three or four years in and get my job and do my thing. So, um,
0: And start my own family. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And now that we touched on that. I want to talk about your family a little bit, okay? Because being a coach, and we we spoke about it before we got sure. on. How supportive, mm. and how much is that, you know, uh, apply to your success?
1: Oh, it's it's it's. I don't know if I can put that into words. To be honest with you, yeah. I, I think. You know, I I, ho- I think she might agree with this, but I would think being a coach's <laughs> wife is probably one of the harder things to do because there's a very fine line there of understanding that it's – there's so much of coaching is done after hours. Mm-hmm. And I think that even in sports like cross – and I think everybody recognizes the basketball-football element, right? But to be successful, you're not just – it's not a – School starts at 8, practices over 530 gig. It can't be. Right. If it is, you're not going to be successful unless you just have unbelievable kids walking your halls. And so what Iris has been able to do for me or her support or her, you know, allow, allowance is the wrong word. But being in a position to do what I love and having her support is, is I can't, like I said, I can't put that into words um, because I know the sacrifices they make, especially when I was doing three sports, mm-hmm. uh, those late nights, you know, this weekend's a prime example. You know, I, she, I got ready to go to work on Friday and she said, well, I'll see you Sunday. Right. Because it's, <laughs> we had a meet Friday night. We left right after school yesterday morning. I got home late Friday night, yesterday morning. I got up, got on a bus before eight o'clock. We went to N. A. Westland, had another meet we got over at four, four 30. Right. Um, and so that's tough. Um, and she spends all those times with the kids and all those yeah. hours. And, mm-hmm. you know, once our once Quinn and Leah were born, you know, now she's in the stands hauling around a baby or trying to entertain them. And it got, it got cool when Quinn was old enough to come on the buses with us. Um, you know, Quinn's birthday was the same day that we won the basketball semi-state a few years ago. Huh. And I remember her being all decked out. It was on, you know, she was born on St. Patty's Day. So she's all decked out in green. So having them in those pictures is awesome. And, huh I've got great pictures of my son pretty much sleeping on the state championship trophy during our pep (laughs) session after when the state, you know, having them at state meets You know, those for a while there that our kids at the state meet did better when they were there. So they kind of became the good luck charm, but they keep me grounded. Um, You know, they keep me humble and they put me in a position, especially a bigger meet and they come to the state meet. They spend the weekend down there with us. And and those kids are just as much Iris's kids as they are mine or their Mm -hmm. own parents, right? Like, She falls in love with them too, and she wants them to be successful. And there's kids that I've coached that she is amazing friends with that I don't necessarily have a relationship with anymore, but they communicate with her and spend time with her. So it's, it's, you can't, it's hard. Like I said, you can't put it into words um, because they know, you know, they, I think they understand how hard you work, the time that goes in. They, they get to hear the conversations you've had with parents. Oh, yeah. The rough ones. The rough ones. The good ones and the rough ones. The good ones and the rough ones. They, they get frustrated for you yeah. and they probably are willing to go to bat for you more than you probably are yourself at times. Um, and they're, they're great just to vent to like, I, I know she's probably tired of me coming home. And when she asks how a meet goes, me talking for 20 minutes, you know, but <laughs> I'm breaking it down, but you know, having them there for that state title run we did in basketball and having them there for the big moments and cross country and track and, and you know, the athletes I've had that, you know, I've got, amazing memories of spending time with my kids and, and, you know, doing those things though. Those are awesome. Yeah. So that's beyond appreciative. That, that, I can't, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, I could not do it without them. And mm, I know it's not been easy. Yeah. Uh, luckily in cross country and track, I don't think anyone for the most part is bad mouthing me and yelling at me during meets like they would probably basketball or <laughs> yeah, something. Right. But I also get that element of you are, you know, I don't have to go out in the community because I work at the school. So I go with those kids every day. Right, yeah. Your spouse is out in the community and, and, and listens to people make crazy statements mm-hmm. and say stuff that aren't true and, and talk about kids and their their parents and athletes. And it's just – they almost sometimes, I think, have to deal with more noise than the coach probably does because yep. we have blinders on and are yeah. so hyper-focused to what we're doing that for them, it's kind of they get it from both sides. Yeah. and that's so.
0: And that's right there is – the foundation sure. of yeah. you know making a quality coach
1: absolutely that supports there i I think you could probably make if you if you had enough time to do that study i'd be i 'd be shocked if you didn't find a correlation between the people who had been very successful and just amazingly supportive spouses or kids and just a very supportive family base now we're blessed that we were where we grew up now i don 't know if this would be different if I was coaching in you know the region up by Chicago and we Mm -hmm. didn't have our parents to come to meets or games or watch our kids. Like we, that's one of the reasons that we kind of said once we have kids, we'd probably make our way back here because her family's here. My family's here. We've been blessed with an amazing support system that's made things easier on us. And so it's, it's crazy for me to hear somebody that says, well, my kid's going to go see their grandparents for the first time in Mm -hmm. months because mine can see theirs every day. So we're spoiled in that aspect. But yeah, like you said, and unfortunately I think it goes the other way too. I think if you don't have that support, I think that's why you find a lot of people in our profession that are probably divorced or have been through multiple marriages because you are, I I am not, you know, I, when I see, and again, I'm nowhere near that level. I'm not saying that, but when you see the Sabins and you see those guys and and you see that stress and you see that hyper focus that they have, you understand it. You can relate to that. Um, cause while there's so much to, we, I think all as coaches need to take a step back sometimes and kind of put in perspective where we're at and what we've done, at least for me. And I think a lot of the coaches that I look up to you're, you're in season, like you are, it's the, this year matters, not last year, not next year. This is the opportunity. And I think you just, like I said, you put those blinders on and you are grinding and you, you probably sacrifice a lot of things to make that happen. Uh, that doesn't come without sacrifices, whether it be social life or, you know, when my buddies text me and the weather starts to break in February, you want to go play golf? And I'm like, hey, I'll see you guys in the middle of June because <laughs> April yep. and May are not going to be an option. So that makes it tough. But you again, supportive friends as well guys that are like, you know, they don't want to just talk about cross country and track mm-hmm. when I'm with them. They want to talk about other stuff. That's a good relief because so much of my day is. Hyper focused on what we're doing. How do we get better? How do we get people healthy? And how do we win?
0: It's good for so, your mental health too. Sure,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: How? And speaking of mental health, <laughs> <laughs> how has that changed in coaching? Man, and, um, and I don't want to. I, you know, if they take it wrong, they take it wrong. But I hear a lot of people say kids are a lot softer mentally now than when you and I. Sure and i'm probably older than you i don't i don't know but probably <laughs> maybe 98
1: yeah. grad when'd you graduate 96 there you go a couple years yeah. not bad
0: so uh you know I, I always say you can't yell at kids anymore right. uh i i i've seen <laughs> like suicides sure running suicides was right. like the worst when we were kids right they don't even call it that anymore right. just Line because drills, of right. the negative connotation. Sure. And it's not discipline. Right. It's correction. Right. But it's all the same. Sure. So. so Where do I fall in that? With, with the mental health yeah, side that's, of it's it. It's
1: tough. I mean, we, I literally just had this conversation yesterday. I mean, so much, especially my sport, and all sports are mental, so I'm not saying mm-hmm. that uh, or have a major mental component. But I think running especially um, I think when you coach boys and girls, I think I still struggle with that. And that's another area where my wife comes in and kind of helps correct me. And that I feel like I can approach a teenage male athlete with a certain tone mm-hmm. or aggressiveness that I can't certain female athletes. Now, some of my female athletes that have been dogs. Yeah, they can. They, they'll tell you, hey. Give me. I want a butt and Like, I didn't do this right. Like, yeah. what do I need to do to be better? But I've also had ones that are very successful that you have to find that fine line of, okay, like, where's the – what do you need to hear, right? Um, I, I think I don't um, – I'm not saying I don't disagree with the kids have changed aspect. I think it all goes back to – they have so many different things at their disposal now. I think mm-hmm. the thing that's frustrating to me is the – I think there's been a change in the – and it's tough to say because I know you don't want to say winning is everything. But to me, winning is cool. And I don't mean in a way of getting notoriety. But if you're going to put in the time, I tell my kids all the time, if you're going to come out here and run seven miles in the heat and have football players yell at you when you come by, right, because you're not playing football, I get it. I did the same thing, right? Uh, when you're doing that, there's got to be a reason. Like I have – I. It, It's simple for me to look at a kid. It's
0: not to come in last, right?
1: Right. It's simple for me to look at my All-State kid and say, I know why you do this. Compete. I know why I did it. I wanted to compete. I wanted to win. I was good at it. It's my kid who gets second to last every race. I'm thinking, dude, I have no idea why you do this. Now, I know the bigger picture. They're probably getting more out of it than the kid I have that's successful. But that's the kid you look at and say, man, like, if he's willing to come out here and do this, like... You know, you guys up front, you have got to understand that you're, you know, you've been blessed with a talent maybe that this or physicality that this kid doesn't. So, but I think that element of wanting to win has dwindled a little bit, uh, and I don't know if it's all the stuff with youth sports and getting rings at tournaments when you're nine or ten, or you know, or getting you know a room full of medals. Like I'm, I'm excited right now and my daughter gets a ribbon at a swim meet. Right, like. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know it's something that she's definitely earned through time that she's put in. And I think at least from my approach, there's kids that we have lost from our program that, it, that I just want to go in a room and say, dude, you've done this for two or three years. You've been all conference. You've won championships. What else do you want, right? And, and again, there's other priorities. There's other things that go into it. Um, cross-country and track, I do, I do have the graceful aspect of cross-country and track that we're already running. So it's tough for me to, unless they're a thrower, you know, if our throwers leave a shot putter disc somewhere, they run the next day and that doesn't look very good to them. Mm-hmm. Right. That's entertainment for everybody else, but <laughs> I have to, you know, basketball. Yeah. We did a lot of line drills when I was a basketball coach, when they messed stuff up. Cause like you said, we got to correct that. Like we got it. This has to be, we have to take something that's not fun and doesn't feel good and help that correct that behavior cross country and track tracks kind of hard to do that. Cause we're already yeah. doing that every day. Mm-hmm. So you know, push-ups might be our thing that they dread having to do five push-ups, right? Even though yeah. that's not very many, but yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's
0: because it, I'm I'm almost yeah. willing to say that in in the future, physical, you know, having to do okay, you mess sure. up ten push-ups, right? That's going to be a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. You know, at having to do something physical as sure. a pun not punishment, right?
1: I hate to say it, I, I think I've changed enough as a coach over the last few years where I think for me, my bigger frustration a lot of times in those moments comes from, it's not, not, being, it's not uncoachable, it's just a, maybe a lack of listening. Like I feel like if I tell a kid, hey, this is what I need you to do, or even I tell our kids all the time in races, like if you come by me and you're dying, and I'm, at, I'm, at, you know, I'm yelling out, you know, check your arms, like we talked earlier, or mm. control your breathing, or, you know, get your eyes up. My kids all just stare at the ground I, you know, all the time sarcastically, will yell, the track's not going anywhere, like you're good, <laughs> right? If I can see that that registers and they make an effort, even if it doesn't get the result we want, I'm like, okay, like we can work with that, right? I think it's when you're asking them to do something over and over and it's something simple and it just cannot get done that that's where you kind of have this banging your head against a wall moment where it's like, Hey, this is not that difficult. You're the one putting the time in, mm-hmm. like we've got to change this. So, um, but yeah, that, that's a fine line. That's tough. Um, you know, I know if we're talking to other coaches, it's, it's, it's kind of depends on the teams that you have and and what their goals are. And, you know, the, the state basketball team we had, those guys knew we, we, we should have made a run in 2017, and we got upset, and so that was kind of the driving force in 2018. They were willing to do anything and everything in 2018 because they knew how that felt. Uh-huh. Sometimes you don't get that luxury. Mm-hmm. I've got a group of boys right now that in cross country, next year will have a pretty good chance of maybe making a run to go to the state finals. And I've had multiple conversations with them that it's stuff's got to change because there's not enough – I know what it takes to get there. I also know what it takes to fall short, personally. And you're, gonna, you're, you're on the other side of the fence right now, so how do we get to the other side? And hopefully that motivates enough. I and thought, I think holding each other accountable yeah. is also something that's, that, that needs to be – your special groups do that. Your special yeah. groups probably don't need your voice because there's somebody already in that locker mm-hmm. room that's holding them accountable.
0: Some kids, I, I try to tell them, you know, you have no idea how hard it is. You might go all four years in high school and not even make it out of the first round of the sectional. Sure. You know, me and my daughter have this conversation all the time. We thought she was going to have three sectionals sure. going through high no, school. absolutely. You know, she's been on some really good soccer teams. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, right. unfortunately fell short. But, I mean, you, I guess when you're a kid, you don't. You don't
1: process those opportunities in the moment, I think. Right. I think nope. that's the biggest thing that we – I think the the fallback on having been as successful as we are – I need to knock on wood on that – with the championships that we won in counties and conferences and sectionals and regionals and all that stuff is you start to take it for granted a little bit, and I think our community takes it for granted. For And it's no fault of their own. We do it enough. You know, Our program, the wrestling program at Oak Hill with Coach King, it just kind of almost becomes – people are numb to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you want another sectional and you're like, well, these kids didn't work any less hard than anybody else. Mm -hmm. They busted their tails. Like this was a big deal. I know we've won it the last three years, but that doesn't mean this year was any harder. Like we're trying to win our technically our fourth sectional in a row, maybe fifth for the boys in track this year. And Marion and Mrs. are not going to let it be easy. Right. Like they're going to come after us. They want that just as much as we do. Um, and I think sometimes getting kids to hone in
0: on that and understand that aspect is tough. It's difficult. Um, but People don't realize, right. even though you've done it that sure. many, you know, three years in a row, it's difficult right. to do. And that's kind of our hashtag we always use
1: is the Be Uncommon because it's kind of that aspect of what we're doing or trying to do is not the norm mm-hmm. for whether it be a school our size or really anybody to a degree, right? And we want to try to maintain that. And we get that element of a missed opportunity. This year in cross-country – our boys, you know, missed an opportunity to win across country sexual and regional. And I know at the time, everybody says, well, everybody's coming back next year, Coach. And you and I are sitting there going, yeah, somebody could get hurt. Somebody could move. Somebody could get in trouble. Other people Ooh. around us are going to get better. Like, yeah. But yeah. this, you had an opportunity now. I always say, when opportunity knocks at the door, you better answer. Because if you don't, somebody else will. That's kind of what we always like to tell our kids. And unfortunately, this year, Wabash answered the door and we didn't, right? So, I mean... Mm-hmm. They've got two trophies. We'd love to have, and I know those guys are sitting there thinking, "Okay, we got a chance next year," and we do. But you got to take that. Got to take advantage of the moment when you're in it, because like <laughs> you said, they don't always come. You enter a career thinking I'm going to have all these chances, and I think before you know it, you're a senior, and they're gone. So and it's
0: May, and you're getting ready to yep
1: doing graduation parties yeah. and everything else, and that's it. So. It's tough. We were there too once, right? Like yeah, we, right. We, we didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but. Yeah, I was a knucklehead. Right. Trying to get them to understand <laughs> that and see that yeah. it's, it's tough. And, and but again, that's one of the reasons I love my job is because when you do see that happen, um, you know, it's an awesome moment. And hopefully it's something that changes their life for a betterment, right?
2: Yeah. I I got it. I don't know how interesting this question is or not, but you know, I can remember going back through the years, you know, the Oak Hill Relays. Sure. Seemed like every year was bad weather. (laughs) What do you guys have to tell your kids? Say it's high 30s. It's chilly out, it's wet, it's rainy. Keep them on the bus till it's time to run. Do they stay out on the well, track lo- and field or what? Well, they gotta you know, acclimate. To yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? they got to. Well, I mean,
1: if we're at home, luckily we have the. If we're at home, I send them to the locker room because I'll make the. I'll make the you know connection that everybody else is out in the elements. So right. I'm like, we got to mm-hmm. take advantage of that mm-hmm. aspect. Uh, you know, we have we're very fortunate that our athletic department we you know like everybody has the tents now and stuff mm-hmm. to keep them in. You know, I, it's it's cliche to say that everybody's in the same elements, right? Uh, But you got to say that Uh, you've got to go across the point of we could have meets later in the year. I think sometimes our kids early in the season, like we're supposed to have a meet this Wednesday and it's not going to be nice if we have it. Hopefully we don't. But if we do, I'm going to go into that meet wanting to compete and wanting to do well. And I'm going to guess most of our kids are going to be worried about the fact that they're cold. Right. And... In the moment, okay, no big deal. It's a dual meet against Southwood. It is what it is. But as a coach, I sit there and I start to see cracks in armor of kids that maybe a month and a half from now, when we have the conference meet, if it's cold, can I rely on you? Uh Because a dual meet against Southwood broke you down. What is a conference meet with really good competition going to do to you? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of more our focal point in those situations is this is getting you prepared for the likelihood that it could get really bad weather wise and other meets and you're kind of, you know, if we're at home, I'm gonna protect I protect my right. kids as much as I can. If we if it's not safe, I'm one of those guys, I'd rather train all the time anyway. I'd like yeah. more of a college schedule. You get a couple weeks and then you compete, kind of see where you're at. But high school track especially, man, it's it's you have meets all the time. Right. Luckily our numbers let us kind of sit kids and do that. Mm-hmm. But um you gotta keep them safe, but if you're on the road and you're at the if you're at the lux you know you have to fall victim to or the luxury of what the other people are doing um you know you've gotta do everything you can to stay safe and get warmed up and the stuff that they don't like to do right, right? warm right. up cool down stretch i want to get done and get nacho's coach and get out of here well, <laughs> we've got to do a little bit more than that so
0: right. nachos <laughs> hey i want i wanna ask you about this because 'cause i'm a I'm a pretty big uh dog lover okay how does poppy and bullseye how do those two furry babies how do they keep you up
1: Uh, those are they're they're just as much of the equation as the family we talked about earlier like they are if you're a dog lover you know that whether it's work or what a great day or bad day you come home and those two man we're we're pit bull lovers and we kind of fell in love with that breed and dogs that are of that breed when we were in college iris and i and we've had we had a great dog, Jasmine, that when we first moved here and didn't have kids was our baby, and <laughs> now, like you said, Poppy and Bullseye. You know, Bullseye was a recent addition, which I think is a little still a little stressful, but <laughs> man, to come, yeah. I mean, you you say dog support, but it's emotional support, right? Uh-huh. It's, they yeah. they know we could lose, we could win. I could bring home a sectional trophy, I could bring home a state ring, and they yeah. don't they don't know, they don't care. <laughs> they're just like your family, but again, it, it, they're awesome to. That's another support system to calm you down and, and take your mind off of, you know, what a referee did or what a parent mm-hmm. asked or whatever the case might be. So they're another big piece of that yeah. making your way through this profession. I got
0: four females at home, and only <laughs> one of them is always happy when I walk over yeah, that door. Well, I'm not
1: going to say that, but... <laughs> the one with
0: four legs is always like hey conrad's <laughs> home everybody's yep. else is like oh, no, here Conrad. we go right <laughs> yeah yep. it's this guy yep. Coach, how,
2: how many indoor meets will you guys run before you start your outdoor season so we're in a tough spot um
1: and i think i could you know i'll take i'll take the blame for that in terms of our approach but for years with the indoor season, our spring break, the indoor state meet, which everybody wanted to get to and do well at, was at the beginning of our spring break. So we were able to sell it to kids and say, hey, make the state meet. You know, we had a chance every year because the, the state meet indoors is actually broken up by class. So you have okay. a small school, which is 1A, 2A, 3A football level, and then big school, 4A, 5A, 6A. We were in a position where we could compete for the small school pretty much every year for a good stretch there. And kids were getting medals and having good representation, but they flip flopped so when we did that, we would have probably maybe three meets we would go to before the indoor state meet. obviously, basketball runs into that right. there was one year we didn't go to any meets because the boys made a basketball run um, then we had the covid year, but then we switched um, switched our spring break now to the back end. state meets now on the back end, and it just it's brutal um, sure. because I'm too competitive, and, I'm, and I expect too much of our kids and our program to have kids qualify and then go away for a week and not do anything, and then take them down there against the Burbuffs and the Concordias of the world, the teams who've got kids that are beyond hyper-focused, right. and go down there and still compete and do well, but definitely underperform. There's no doubt you're going to underperform if you just spend a week hanging out in Florida. We all would, Right, right. right. Not taking anything away from them. And so when that happened, um, we kind of had to take the approach of indoor was just kind of the reward for the kids who had been putting in work during the winter. We can't take everybody. Some kids, you know, we've got a couple really good discus throwers. You can't throw disc inside, so they can't go But we went to three meets. We went to one at Indian Westland last weekend. Like I said, we doubled up with Taylor and Iwu this weekend just because we put them both on the schedule for the hope that our boys would win a basketball sectional. We knew one of those meets would be taken away. When they didn't win, we ended up just taking advantage of having both meets because of our numbers. I know more teams are doing more. Like if we'd probably be doing one or two more, if we had a chance to really take a bunch of people down to state meet, and again, I can sit there 19 years in and be frustrated about it, and be miserable, and go home and be in a horrible mood because nobody wants to go to the state meet and be here. And I can demand that they're going to do it, and then kids aren't going to come out. It's I hate to say it's easier and safer, but it is for the program to be like, look, we're going to qualify. If you're here, we'll think we'll look what the plan is to go down. Like we have a pole vaulter that's going to probably make the meet. He'll be here, so we'll go down. Um, and compete and hopefully do well and get a medal. But for the most part, it's like, hey, let's, let's get you qualified. Let's get you that certificate. We won't compete in the meet. Enjoy spring break. When you come back, we've kind of, kind of told them last week, when outdoor hits after spring break, it's it's go time. Yeah. And at that point, the excuses stop and all the other junk that we've kind of dealt with so far that we do every year. It's not just mm-hmm. one group. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at a different level then. So, yeah, I mean, I told Scott Hunt, and there's nothing wrong with the indoor state meet and trying to do well there, but you know, the same year that we probably should have won the indoor state meet and got third, we won a track regional that spring. And I would never in a million years trade that track regional for winning that indoor right. state championship. Right. So I think our kids have bought into what matters is in May. Mm-hmm. And this is this kind of a, a reward right now. So
0: I like that. I do. That's, yeah.
2: do, you, yeah. do, you, do you have a favorite course you look forward to your kids running on every year?
1: Well, on track, it would be ours, <laughs> right? Right. Let's go uh, cross country. Cross country. You know, we've been fortunate. Um, we've been all over the place. We've tried to hit all the big courses. You know, Indiana Westlands a favorite for a lot of people because it's flat and it's fast. Um, you know, the state meet course, Laverne Gibson down in Terre Haute, man. That's a that's a, a meet that's that's a course that's you know made for the NCAA meet. So it's amazing how they've put that together and the fences and just the scenery and, and that whole layout. Uh, when we had Margo Horniker running for us um, and Margo was a top five miler in the state or junior year for her senior year in cross country, we wanted to try to get Margo to all the semi state courses so that when it came time for the state meet, we knew exactly when we looked at the lineup, it wasn't one of those deals where you were guessing where we you're like, okay, well, this girl ran this time there, you ran this, maybe it's close. Um, and so her senior year, we were fortunate enough that, that our athletic director, Ryan Fagan was in the, in the, in the administration at Oak Hill allowed us to take her to those four meets. Cause th- all those courses have meets during the season. Mm-hmm. And so since then we have kind of been a part of that's my connection with Bloomington North as well. Um, and having coached down South for a couple of years, Brown County and Columbus North are probably my two most, are the two most enjoyable meets for me. Those are overnights we do with our kids, so it kind of has that college feel, has right. that big meet feel. Both of them have very fast courses as well. You get to see competition that you don't get to see all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the mindset, our kids, I feel like, always run better when there's new bodies because I feel like they kind of release some of that internal pressure when it's constantly seeing Mrs. Senwal, Eastbrook, Madison, Grant, Marion, Belmont, right. Norwell. Like I get those are the teams you're going to have to see later in the year. Mm-hmm. But there becomes so much, you know those kids, and there's so much more pressure with those meets. I feel like it's nice to go somewhere where they don't have any idea who Columbus North is right. or, you know, Bloomington or Bedford or the Terre Haute Schools and just kind of pin your ears back and race. Mm-hmm. So, And as you, as you can imagine, Columbus and Brown County is beautiful, so right, that time right. of year. So those would probably be my favorite courses. Plus they run fast, which is always nice because right. the kids look forward to it. So.
0: You got anything else, yeah. Dan, yeah? before we let him go? Yes, I do. Oh, he's got a ton for I, him. I,
2: showed, I, showed. I like it. Now, what year were you named Coach of the Year?
1: Um, I, for cross-country, I was the Indiana Cross-Country Coach of the Year, um, I want to say my first three years at Oak Hill. Mm-hmm. So that would have been 04, 05, 06, I believe. Um, it was funny because in 04, I didn't even know that thing existed and somebody in the hallway saw me and said, hey, I saw this. And I was like, oh, that's nice to know. Um, had Luckily have been nominated a lot at the clinic, which is always a great experience. Um, when we won that regional in 2019, I was the boys' state track coach of the year in Indiana the year after that, which was, again, I know it has my name on it, but it's to me it's one of those elements where – do they not, send you a plaque or yeah, anything? Yeah, you get a plaque and oh, they sweet. give you a little golf clap and all this stuff. Oh really? So. Yeah. No dinner? <laughs> no dinner. It is at the clinic though, uh, but um yeah, no no meal. No, <laughs> no that, that's on you. But um You get one I mean, drink yeah, ticket. Yeah, one drink <laughs> ticket. But yeah, it's it's in front of your peers. And I, I think for me, coaching a sport that's not class, uh, those are the moments where you try to get the kids to understand that's about what they did. Right. Um because we, you know, we're firm believers that if we had a class system, we would have, you know, we, we could have covered three or four hands with rings at this point for cross country and track with, with, the, with the level our kids have been at. And so to not have that option, um, you know, that those moments are for the Janae Moffats and the Margo Hornickers and the Taj Johnson, and Sammy Summers, and the kids that have come through our program that maybe never got to be, you know, Janae got to be a state champion multiple times. But... For the kids who who getting to a regional might have been our biggest moment because of the Carol's and Homesteads and mm-hmm. Carmels of the world, uh, those, those that makes that little those those a special moments. Right. So, um, but yeah, th- those are the like I said, I been nominated, fortunate enough to be nominated a lot, but the first couple of years in cross country, and then there might have been another year in cross country with the girls. that I'm forgetting somewhere in there, but then 2019 boys' track was was I hate to say my favorite, but it meant the most because we bumped up classes. Right. And that team was so special and did stuff that nobody our size had ever done. So that was a very cool moment.
2: Like you said, you didn't even realize that existed back in the day. Right. It's just like I didn't realize there was a Miss Indiana track and field athlete of the year that you had as well. We did. Janae was Miss
1: Indiana track and field her senior year, 2015. That was – I I told her she was part of the All-Star Mm-hmm. Uh, meet for track, and I knew they did that. They do a it's kind of like football. They do a miss. They do a miss track and field mm-hmm. for everybody. Then they do like miss sprint, miss field event, wow. miss like endurance. So there's four awards. And I thought, well, you'll probably be the field event one mm-hmm. because she had won two state championships, had just lost her sophomore year, or junior year, so she had a chance to win three. Won two, got second the other year to a girl that who ended up going to uh, uh, I forget where she went, maybe Indiana. Janae obviously went to Purdue and won some Big Ten yep. championships and, and won a team title there as well. But uh, it was me when she sent me a message that night that she had won that. So, you know, we have that – we've got that banner. We had – you know, Courtney Moses was Miss Basketball in uh-huh. Indiana, and, yeah. and I know that basketball is, is what Indiana is known for, but it was very <laughs> cool to have – Janae get that award and win two state championships. And when Janae won her second state championship, the school redid her banners. And so I have the old gym banners hanging up in my basement from when she won a state championship. So... I always say that my biggest my biggest contribution to Janae was putting her name down on paper and driving her to meets on a bus. So <laughs> she won those two state championships. I got offered to go speak at every clinic in the oh country man. about high jump. And I said, I can tell you how to start a bus and park it, because that's, <laughs> that's about what I did for that girl. But it was amazing to have her as part of our program, and her mom was a tremendous help and, and have Michael part of that. But, yeah, that's a – that's one of those things that sometimes as a coach, I look, back, I see other people win awards or you see kids do certain marks and you kind of forget who you've had or what you've been a part of. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you kind of have to pinch yourself. And when you see those awards given out, you kind of have to be like, Hey, we had this, like right. we've, we've been in that room before and sat at that table. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of special kids, but that's one, that's one very cool moment. Yeah.
2: That's Awesome. He's a very grounded individual, he is. isn't he? is. Yes, he is.
1: That's pretty. <laughs> we'll take that. We try to be. It's tough, though. I know he in doesn't the like moment, the
2: Colts, though, Conrad. I, know. He's, yeah, not I a Colt, know. he's not a Colts fan. I'm a Steelers guy. <laughs> Sorry.
0: How do you feel about Kenny Pickett? Love me some Kenny Pickett. I liked him, too. Yeah. I so liked him, too, before was... he went, he got drafted by the Steelers. Before he got drafted <laughs> by the Steelers. Yeah.
1: yeah. I I mean, I was wanting him all year. I know that's, that's easy to say once he came in and had success, so... You know, is he going to have the same career that Big Ben did? I don't know. But there's also times that I was ready to break a TV watching Big Ben. So <laughs> I think it puts in perspective how good that guy was. Uh, yeah. Once he was gone, you I think you definitely realize that he did some special stuff. But, yeah, like Kenny Pickett, like what he does. Mm-hmm. Loved him fighting guys on the field against Buffalo. So yeah. That kind of sold <laughs> me right there. <laughs>
0: Typical Steelers fan. That's right. <laughs> yep. There's a lot of that's them what here, won right? him over. That's right. <laughs> There's a lot of down them
2: forty here. and yeah. fighting guys on <laughs> yeah. national TV. Yeah, you win me over that way. Yeah.
0: yeah. So Pretty good. Well, Coach, we appreciate you taking time out of your Absolutely. Sunday and coming hanging out. In this old dingy garage. I like it. This is a nice
2: setup. Yeah. Ted does a good job. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Absolutely love you you
0: guys having me. Sorry I couldn't
1: make it happen before. But this is awesome. I know that you guys do a great job with this and I've seen a lot of other people that I value and respect on here. So it was a very cool opportunity to get on here and hopefully
0: I gave you the answers you were looking for. You did. We appreciate the conversation, you know, just shooting the breeze. Absolutely. We've had uh, Shane on and yeah, from Oak Hill and uh, said Buzz the other night. Yeah, yeah. Bud, sorry. Did Shane sit down or did he stand up
1: the entire time? No, he, he sat. sat. He, he sat, sat down. <laughs> okay, well, that's good for him. He's 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 high
0: wired. He's wired yeah. tighter than I am. So yeah, he was a good time. He was, I like him. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna bring you guys back sometime yeah. if you'll absolutely. Come back. We've got a great. I mean, you know, like I said,
1: I think all coaches respect each other for what you talked about, what we yeah. went through, but we've got. You know, it's amazing the tenure that a lot of our coaches have at O'Kill. Mm-hmm. When you go to yeah. other places and see the turnover that you have, and you see new faces constantly. I mean, Bud and Shane were there when I got there, and yeah. they're still getting after it. And, and Coach King's been there, I think, since they created wrestling. Yeah. And, <laughs> I think know, coaching, same thing with Kevin, so has yeah,
0: changed to the point where, you know, we're not just wanting. Well, when I say we, I'm I'm talking about parents or school. I I think they want a coach that not only knows X's and O's or, you know, they want someone that can develop and maintain positive relationships with the athletes that they get. And even if, you know, they're not a lay coach and they're in the school yeah they, they want them as a teacher sure. to develop and maintain relationships in a positive manner so
1: absolutely there's there's that element of doing that and i hate to say it but there's also that element of kind of like you said giving those kids a home and a place that they can feel accounted for and know that they look forward to doing it if they got horrible stuff going on in their life we try to say you know we've had kids that have had parents that have been sick or they've had situations at home with parents separating and just, you know, all the horrible things that teenage kids have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And you try to say, man, this needs to be your escape. Like this needs to be the, and that's why public schools are so undervalued. Sure. 90 minutes a day where you can Mm -hmm. zone out and sometimes they can, and it works. And sometimes man, it's just too It's too hard for them. So, but appreciate that. I get that opportunity to -hmm. try to do that for them and, and be a part of that equation.
0: So. Yeah, I've told my kids before, because I've had, I've, my youngest, she's always like, man, I don't want to go to school. I'm like, there's some kids, they, they're they ready to go right. to school. Absolutely. They, they, that's the best part, of, that's the best eight hours right. of their day. Best, safest, mm-hmm.
1: to get fed, yeah. all those things, man. So make yeah. sure kids hopefully put things in perspective of how good they got it. So yeah. I'm going to go home and remind mine that too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks Coach. guys. Good, awesome. Right. Good
2: luck this year. Appreciate it. We'll have you, try to have you back on this summer maybe. We'll talk about how your season went.
1: Uh, we'll see. Hopefully it's good news. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Ian doesn't beat up on us too
2: bad. So yeah. And, and the hard thing for me is though – Go Miss Cinewall. That's right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Coach. Right, those guys are loaded, yeah. man. They're a scary group right now, yeah. so we're going to have to figure something out. Speaking of that, find out how they do. You know, it's, it's so hard anymore because you know, we don't have a local newspaper every day anymore. Sure. Where I used, I remember eating my cereal in the morning with Chronicle Tribune right. open, and I got it on the score box. Right, that's all I'm yeah. reading. Scott spread thin, man. Love yeah, Scott, huh? he does yeah, a great I, job. I, but he's he's everywhere.
1: He's got to do everything. At, take pictures, be there. Got crazy timelines to get stuff in. I get it. So so I told him says so
2: He does. He should be getting Dan Patrick money or something. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. We I, need think I think we're all in that boat, though. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we
0: need to bring him back on the cast
2: again. He, he was needs, fun. It's getting ready to get real busy for him, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <I> now, <laughs> he's got a little break after basketball, but.
1: Yep. We saw him yesterday. He was at both our meets this weekend. So wow. appreciate awesome. Scott Hunt and yeah, love he the does. support he gives all our athletes and our kids. So. And he yeah. does.
2: And it's everybody. Yep. yep.
0: Yeah. We want to give our sponsors a shout out. You need uh, uniforms, call Stephanie Parker at Beast Prince. Jennifer Schwanner at Nicholson 2.0. Buy and buying or selling. Buying or selling. She'll help you out. Mama Pearson Soporium in beautiful Gas City. That's where you get your smell good on. Yeah, I, I, I need to smell good sometimes. I was going to say, Dad. you
2: going up there today, Conrad? <laughs> I get my smell good there. There we yeah, go. There we see? go. Page runner, shout out.
0: <laughs> Backyard builder for all your quality fencing and decking needs. Call Eric Skeens at 765-667-667. Five nine seven four. I think quality is a key word there. Quality. They they've got that down to a science. It's amazing. And Jonesy's Lawn Care, residential and commercial. Ted, mm-hmm. what else does he do?
2: He's going to give you that buzz cut you need. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need that, don't I? <laughs> Call him at seven six five six six seven fifty ninety seven Alt House Auto Body and Towing. Call Scott Watson at seven six five three four eight. Two four one four, and if you need something towed, Ted, they do that too. Uh, better give them a call. Yeah, seven six five four nine nine fifteen thirty four. Thank you, guys.